0: Welcome back to the Vanasaur podcast, which we do live usually on Thursdays, and um, this is going to be episode number 14 here at Vanasaur pa- podcast, excuse me, we are exploring Class B RVs, overlanding, and van life, and uh, like I said, this is episode 14 of the show, and I actually have my friend Justin Humphreys here from Airstream, he is the VP of sales at Airstream, Justin? Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you?
1: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, it's always fun talking to you. We were just talking about that in the background. Let me close. make sure I've got some windows closed off here so I don't get in trouble with the Internet. All right, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> as I was saying, anyone who's out there that's joining us live, if you guys have questions for Justin, he's the, the VP, like I just said, of sales from Airstream. Please let me know the questions. Justin, usually what I like to do here is start off with uh, our guest, you know, telling the folks out there who they are, how they came to be doing what it is they do. So I'll let you go for that.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. <clears throat> um, I've kind of been an RV brat my whole life. My, my father worked for RVIA, which represents all the uh, manufacturers. Oh, okay. So it's RV, RV Industry Association. There's not to be confused with RVDA. Which is mm-hmm. RV Dealer Association. Oh, okay. So one represents dealers, the other represents uh, manufacturers and suppliers. So I grew up around RVs all my life. Dad had a couple pop ups. He'd bring home some RVs. They would have some loaners. We, we were, um, the association is based near DC, like a lot of associations are. So oh, wow. uh, a lot of manufacturers would loan RVs um, to RVIA to use for political reasons or for some type of advocacy program. So.
2: I got exposed
1: um, at an early age and just quickly fell in love with it. I loved the time I got to spend with my dad, and my brothers, and my sisters. So when I got um, out of school, I, I asked dad, "Hey, if you know, what manufacturer would you suggest?" And mm-hmm. of course, he picked one that was nearby, a plant that was only thirty <laughs> minutes away. He mm-hmm. didn't want me to leave go to Indiana. So uh, okay. Fleetwood actually had a little Prowler travel trailer plant in Maryland, Western Maryland, a little town called Hancock, Maryland. Oh wow! And uh, When you started with Fleetwood, you just started for sales. You started right at the shipping trailers out to dealers and supporting reps in the field. And Mm -hmm. that uh, that took off and kind of worked my way through management. Um, Quickly went over to the motorhome side of the business to Fleetwood Motorhomes, which took me to Charlotte. I was a rep down there for many years. And then... um, um, got into management, pretty young age. And uh, my last six years at uh, Fleetwood, I was VP of the uh, American Coach division. Luxury, big Class A diesel pushers. Oh, okay. And, uh, so, you know, it was really interesting at American Coach because we only had, I don't know, maybe 40 dealers in North America. Uh, very customer-centric. We had factory service. Okay. Uh, very involved with the club. Every deal mattered because, Mm -hmm. you know, those are big rigs had a really big customer base in NASCAR um, because the product was great for that for that use case. Mm -hmm. Made it through the uh, recession um, with them. In fact, Fleetwood would end up going through uh, bankruptcy. uh, Chapter 11. The only plant that made it out of that was luckily was the one I was at. Indiana, where American Coach was based. Mm-hmm. So a uh, private equity firm bought us. And I really got um, kind of a good exposure to private equity, both the good and maybe not so good. Mm-hmm. Where they take a little shorter view versus, you know, Flea, when I started there, they've been in business 50 years, they were taking the longer view for customers. And right. Uh, and at that point, Airstream called and said, Hey, we um, our head of sales is leaving after 32 years. And having been through a company that had gone through a, quite a bit of uh, downsizing. Uh, obviously, when you go into Chapter 11, it was nice to think of, man, that's kind of cool to work for a company that had somebody work there for 30 some years. Yeah. And, the, the I, realized I, here, yeah, <laughs> and I realized when I got here, yeah. And what I realized when I got here is that's kind of like uh, average. Um, we've had people retire here for 55 years service, 50 year service. Wow. It's just a great- at,
0: at Airstream, you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah. At
1: Airstream. So, yeah. so coming here, I was really attracted by that 30 year plus, but then uh, quickly found out that that was kind of the norm. Um, what was interesting is a lot of the dynamics were the same and a lot are different. Um, Airstream has such a lifestyle brand, kind of like Harley, um, where it appeals to this uh, customer that is outside the RV industry that's re- very mm-hmm. recognizable, especially your trailers. And then, mm-hmm. but, and it has, you know, on our vans, we only have like 70 dealers in North America, that's the U.S. and Canada. So when you compare that to like a Winnebago or. You know, mm-hmm. like a Thor Motor Coach, they have hundreds of dealers. So we have a smaller dealer network, mm-hmm. a very high end, very big club, customer club, factory service, all those things I was very used to coming from American Coach. Mm-hmm. But what I wasn't used to is the size, you know, right. so taking, taking uh, you know, I never had to worry about that in America, 45 footer slide outs. I mean, we can. Yeah. We can so that, that was.
0: Right. I was going to say, that's interesting, the American coach thing. So at that time when you were at American coach, they weren't using that name to cover class B's. It was only A's.
1: That's right. Yeah. We were just building class A's at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so coming to Airstream, I was very, um, I guess familiar with the, uh, the materials and kind of the luxury touches, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't used to the smaller spaces Mm -hmm. and, um, it was interesting over the years, a lot of American coach owners have bought interstates, you know, that's, it's kind of their last mile RV, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, the trailers, gosh, man, we appeal to crazy celebrities and just mm-hmm. other countries just love it because it's yeah. Americanist. It's really opened my eyes to what a brand is
0: yeah it's iconic um, without a doubt lola was just saying uh what, what did she say here since 1930 Wow, i didn't uh realize airstream was that old you if you have an airstream from 1930 that's very valuable
1: it is <laughs> it is absolutely yeah. <laughs> and you know it's it was fun we got here and man we took off um i started in may of 2011 so i'm coming up mm-hmm. on 13 years mm-hmm. and uh man we've been on a heck of a run in fact i'm i'm Standing in our new travel trailer plants over seven hundred thousand square feet, mm-hmm. uh, we now have a museum that really chronicles our storied past. And you know, we're so much—we're uh, known so much for our trailers, and as it should be, it's really that iconic historical piece. Mm-hmm. But we're we're big into motorhomes, um, as you know. I mean, we've met mm-hmm. several times at the shows, yeah. and uh, we're very proud of the, of the motorhome space. And you know, there is a tie-in to the B vans and our trailers. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people know, but our trailers, we build the shell and then everything fits through the door. Um, mm-hmm. So when we when we got to b bands, it's kind of very natural because the B-Van from ProMaster or from Sprinter is built and it right. fits through the door. So it's kind, it's a mm-hmm. style of manufacturing. is very used to mm-hmm. when you have a company like. Um, Thor um, Motor Coach or somebody get into it. They usually build them in, inside out, so they put all of the cabinets in first, and the last thing they do is they put up the walls.
0: Mm-hmm. So for them
1: going to that manufacturing style, or mm-hmm. others that have done that, it's a big leap, and
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: a great segment for us. We really we, we know small, um, we know um, luxury, and uh, that's our position in the marketplace. Is we are going to check every option there is available, and we're going to give you everything you can get in a big RV, but in a small. small
0: yeah. You know, I, I have some uh, very good friends of Lola and myself, and they—I um, can never remember exactly which trailer they own. I know it's a—it's a medium-sized trailer. It's not one of the super big ones, but that's fascinating to me. You know, you start—you—you've been in uh, the RV world for so long, and then you spent time at American Coach, which is. Um, I think american coach is still building the class a's because they did do b's but recently they actually decided because they were using american coach for the for the name for the b's so i think you have like midwest automotive that was doing b's and then american coach as well and now they're going back to just being midwest automotive because that american coach name was so iconic with the class a's so yeah
1: i you know, I kind of keep an eye on that just because I've I've spent so much with Fle- so much time with Fleetwood and American Coach, and I, the way I understood it is the same private equity firm bought Midwest, so mm-hmm. they had Midwest build branded American coaches. So, because mm-hmm. I asked uh, my former um, teammates, hey, are you guys mm-hmm. building B vans in the big Class A plant? And, and at the time, they weren't. They were they were mm-hmm. utilizing Midwest's. Uh, Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of a big leap for them. But I think they saw just what I saw when I was kind of getting out of that business. The the big class A's, they're just, they've never recovered from the 08, 09 numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the industry has. And uh, I just think it's, they're more and more expensive. It's tougher to find places to store mm-hmm. them. Um, they're intimidating for most. And um, they're wonderful products. I yeah, they're amazing. Them. Yeah. But, but they're just, they're getting less and less out of favor with the public and um, yeah. I think they'll always have a place. It's just going to become more and more niche. This, yeah. Time
0: yeah, I agree. I think Class A's are fantastic. Um, and they're very big. Like you said, I think NASCAR folks, a lot of uh, different racing and sports that have to travel around in a circuit. Um, Hollywood is very big for that as well for having like the big movie stars on the sets. I think they're all, Airstream is also uh, very well known for that. The, the, you know And a lot of folks out there would retire and get a Class A and then travel around the country. The big issue for it nowadays is cost of fuel, figuring out where to park, uh, maintenance, all those kinds of things. And so we see so many people coming from Class A into the Class B sector to stay on the road but make it affordable. And then you, growing up in the middle of all of that and seeing all of that working in that, what did you think about that transition, that big transition you've seen from A's to B's? And then B's have taken off. I don't know if it's the top segment at this point, but they've gotten really big in the last, I don't know, maybe 10, five, five to ten years, I think, right?
1: Yeah, they they have. I'd have to look and see where they compete um, with the other segments. Class C's will certainly be uh, mm-hmm. larger. But, you know, I, I kind of agreed with the shift. In fact, when I got to Airstream, I bought an interstate. I have... Uh, I, had, well, I have three kids at the time. They were teenagers. I go back and forth to visit my family in West Virginia from Ohio. It's about a six-hour drive, and it's so comfortable. They, they become the ultimate torrent coach. I mean, you got your own bathroom, so the wife doesn't like to stop at rest areas, especially mm-hmm. in the public rest areas. You can make mm-hmm. your own meals. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this, I call it the Swiss Army knife of RVs. You can take it anywhere you got the benefits of the class a but just in a smaller package mm-hmm. now, if you're going to go live in one spot for a month every year you might mm-hmm. consider another class of rv but right. if you're on the go and you want a flexible unit it just makes a ton of sense and and you know i thought um i thought the ride what i remember when i got it i thought okay well we'll see how the ride is but it's a bins like they put in in, in the other mm-hmm. providers ford yeah. And Ram, they're putting in their automotive features into these what were, used to be commercial vans. So in yeah. the past, you had these Ford and Chevy vans that look like, you know, back in the eighteen when you and I were growing up, um, they just, they weren't evolving. And they've really stepped up their game on these vans. And I just think it's been, mm-hmm. been a game changer. And I can see why the shift has occurred for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it's... Uh, to me, the, 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 there's just so much here I can talk about that, you know, the fact that we only have an hour is, uh, we'll definitely have to have you come back and get into um, all the different aspects of it. Um, and what I, one of the things I was going to say is that with Airstream, you guys are doing also a B, B plus or a C. Like, I think you go up to the level of what I would really categorize as a C, but I know for marketing terms, we're, we're calling it a B plus. Um, and you could, live, you could live for a month in that, in a... In a C, especially with all the different uh, comforts you guys put in them,
1: you know we 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 built the Atlas, uh, which we we'll mm-hmm. call it a B plus because it doesn't have the cab over like the the mm-hmm. C's have, but it is a cutaway, which is a class C mm-hmm. chassis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think coming from American Coach, if I was seeing the Atlas, it would seem tiny. But after mm-hmm. spending a, uh, my time five years with Airstream at the time, five or six years, with just B-Vans, mm-hmm. going from a B-Van to an Atlas, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is a ton of space. Has a slide yeah. out, has a basement, has a dry bath. It's got a rear bath. that's nice and large. You got the Murphy mm-hmm. bed. It's very comfortable. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I'm
1: um, I'm very involved with the Wally Biom Club, the Airstream Club. Mm-hmm. And I went and stayed in. A, I, I use an Atlas. Three years ago, the uh, rally was down outside of Nashville, mm-hmm. and my wife wasn't able to go. It was absolutely comfortable. Is yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. Especially you know, you and I, big guys, right, getting right. in the shower wasn't yeah. making any compromises. Bed was yeah. plenty big. Slide yeah. out was nice. So yeah. you're right. I mean, if you for if you're one on road, or two, it's
0: good. Yeah, I think yeah. not not the whole family, not all five of you guys.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I think for a couple, it's it's um, it's definitely. Um, you can take longer trips. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our answer to that. But I'm telling it's got auto gen start features and air ride. And mm-hmm. our, the way we paint our atlas is way better than what we were even doing at American Coach at the time. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing today, but several layers all cut and buffed. You, mm-hmm. you can't feel the lines in between mm-hmm. the colors. We yeah. take a very intentional design approach on that product to make it look like a bigger Sprinter. Yeah. We actually just size everything up, and the paint actually mimics the Mercedes-Benz mm-hmm. Uh, window Mm -hmm. lines both on the back and the side so um, we like customers to look at that and go wow that looks like a Mercedes van Mm -hmm. but it's just a bigger version of it which is and a lot of the industry just does all the swirlies and graphics and Mm -hmm. we like to make it more automotive and and simple
0: I think that the uh, Airstream DNA is definitely um, on the outside as well as the inside Um, Before we go into the next segment here, let me take a a quick second here to acknowledge, because we do have a live audience, so I will definitely uh, give some shout-outs. I noticed that Scott from Go Small Live Large is out there, so he was saying hi to us. Uh, He said uh, howdy to Hank and Justin, and hi Lola, so there you go. Thanks, Scott. It's an awesome channel for you guys to check out. Uh, I think I did his live a couple weeks ago. Do you know Scott?
1: Yeah, Yeah, we've met. Um, yeah, great
0: guy. Yeah, Hi, he's, Scott. yeah, he's awesome. Uh, we've got some other comments in here. Um, when you go live like this, you get some comments that may be a little uh, negative. Justin, I don't know if you want to. Uh, we can, we can, you know, we can deal with some of those if you're okay with that. Sure. You know. Um, let me see here. So I'm just, I'm just going down. So Travel Dreamer says. Question, how are you able to protect your quality while under the Thor umbrella? So I knew that was a question that was going to come up here. I think you guys are under Thor. Do you want to explain what that relationship is and answer this question? I think you've probably seen that before.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot. And I'm glad uh, the question was asked because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding on how that relationship works. So Mm -hmm. um, Thor was founded um, with the purchase of Airstream in 1980. There was a gentleman named Way Thompson, T H, and his partner Peter Orthwine, O R. They created okay. Thor, and their mm-hmm. first purchase was Airstream for about a dollar. At the time, Beatrice Foods owned Airstream; it hadn't been profitable. They just wanted it off their balance sheet. They oh wow! Gone.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, and it was profitable the next year. Um, so I think it was this big corporation who didn't understand um, the, the RV business and just. Um, uh, you had two good entrepreneurs come in and buy it. So I always joke around with all of our sister companies to say, we eventually just bought you because, <laughs> you know, we were the first person. But, um, so, uh, so, yeah, the quality is a 100% us. I have never, I've been here 13 years, I've never had Thor come in and go, hey, you need to cut costs here, you need to do mm-hmm. this differently. And in fact, it's been the exact opposite. Uh, the plant that I'm in here for Travel Trailers is now the largest plant under one roof maybe in the world for RVs, certainly mm-hmm. in North America. Um, I mean, it's it's a massive investment when you include all the machineries. It's the biggest investment Thor's ever made. Mm-hmm. Their only requirement is just to explain why you need it on one page. If you need two pages on the capital mm-hmm. expenditure request, then you don't need it. Okay. So it is unbelievable. We've added stamping machines, routers, um, lamination machines, um, water booths, improved painting, Um mm-hmm. We're uh, we're right now in the middle of a recession and the and I say in the middle of recession because we're in the RV industry. Shipments have been off 50 percent this year in the RV industry. Mm -hmm. So that's that's considered recession for our industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Airstreams outperform the industry, but obviously Thor's big in the RV space and they just recently approved a capital expenditure on a laser cutter Mm -hmm. because we could get the tolerances down to even uh, further. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever a quality issue at Airstream, and there are,
2: mm-hmm. we're not
1: perfect. They're hand they're handcrafted. Mm-hmm. You need to blame Airstream because Thor is there as a resource, and they're adding IT and legal and some um, human resources. But uh, largely, all of our product plans, all of our pricing, we don't even need our pricing approval of Thor. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would imagine if we stopped sending them checks, <laughs> they might show up and say <laughs> so, what's going on. So but, just to but call- actually, I, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to control quality. When mm-hmm. you have control of your own destiny, mm-hmm. versus at Fleetwood, we had a corporation out in California that would tell us and dictate things to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor wants us to make decisions here at the plant because we're closest to the market and we understand what the customer uh, expectations are.
0: Yeah. So just for clarification here on the history, um, when did Thor come into the picture? In my brain, I'm thinking 1980, but uh, yeah. is that what you said? Wow. Yep. Okay. So, so they wanted us- Forty-three
1: yeah. years, yeah. I've had so, I've had um, people at shows come up and say, "Oh my gosh, when did, man Thor just bought Airstream?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's, that's what now.
0: I've always thought, Justin. You just <laughs> clarified that for me because I thought this happened five years ago.
1: <laughs> no, 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 long, Not, long time ago. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. great having a real strong corporate culture at Fleetwood. And there's a lot of people I love at Fleetwood, and I love mm-hmm. that time at Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. But it was very strong corporate culture with a hundred acre." campus in Southern California, massive, massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the corporation here at, uh, at Thor is very little. They push all those decisions down. So yeah. if, if you have a, a quality issue with the uh, brand of Thor that you have, whether mm-hmm. it's Jayco or yeah.
0: Airstream, yeah. Um, you need them. So, it's really yeah. your fault. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back here. So, as you guys might have already heard, Lola and myself are brand ambassadors for Sunshine State RV. And as Vanasaurs, I want to take this moment to encourage anyone who is in the market for a Class B van to start their journey with SSRV.
2: Sunshine State RVs specializes in selling Class B vans and B plus RVs. That is the reason why they are the number one dealer in all of the state of Florida.
1: Number three in the
0: whole United States. SSRV will fly you right to their location in Gainesville, Florida. They'll give you a very detailed and thorough walkthrough of your van, and they'll give you a two-night stay at a local campground so you can get used to your van. If you don't like that, you can actually have hands-free delivery anywhere in the United States of your RV.
2: We bought our Coachman Beyond from Sunshine State RV two years ago, and over the past two years, we've seen how they treat customers when it comes to warranty side. Their service team is great. Whether you bought it from them or not, every person that comes in there gets the same service and care when it comes to warranty repairs. The same service, attention, and care. And their team does a great job getting you back on the road safely.
0: So if you guys are in the market for a B or B plus van, consider Sunshine State RV. We've got a link in the description that you guys can use to see their current inventory and have someone get in touch with you. All right, so we're back. Um, let me let me get back. So you know what, Justin? I think um, I didn't remind you. We've got like twenty-minute segments. So if you look down in the bottom, you can see a countdown. I um, I, I noticed that right <laughs>
1: as you uh, went to commercial yeah. break.
0: It's- yeah, yeah. You were you were really good with that. So listen, while we're on this subject here, I think you know this is a deep uh, subject. So we've got another comment here from New York, New York. I'll put his comment up. He says, I've met Justin in person, and he's a very nice person, but Airstream quality is definitely going down the drain. Bought a brand new 24X, and I'm disappointed with the quality and finish. So, um, you know, look, I I want you to answer that question, but, you know, I've seen when you and I have done videos, but I go to a lot of shows, I've seen Airstream... Um, even we just uh, we just ran an ad here for Sunshine State RV. They don't carry Airstream, but they get Airstreams in there all the time, and um, they're also you know. So I check them out whenever I see them. So, I, but I'm not living with it. So I don't understand myself where the questions of quality and stuff like that come from. So I think this is a good subject for us to talk about. I'll let you go for it.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I hate to hear that. And. Um, um, you we know, were certainly not perfect and they are RVs are still largely built by hand. Um, mm-hmm. and if you think about building a home, you get a punch list, you know, your contractor says, Hey, here's a punch list for the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, which if you've ever gone through that, I've, I've built a new home and, um, mm-hmm. now think about doing that and then driving it down the road. Mm-hmm. It, they're going to have a, a break in period for sure. Yeah. Um, I think where the, I think most customers get that. So they're like, Hey, that's, that's understanding. Some mm-hmm. don't, some go, no, this is like a car and mm-hmm. I have a car and it shouldn't have any issue zero at all.
0: Oh, cars um, have issues. <laughs> and, yeah. I've got well, several know, the, cars. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. But but yeah. cars are getting better where there's there's mm-hmm. fewer and fewer of these big bigger issues. And I think that that's the problem. If if the punch list, you run out of space for the punch list and it's unreasonable because it's keeping me from camping mm-hmm. or there's some other reason that um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they say that, then, that then, then that's true. So we have... Um, Um, We have a whole quality team here. Um, We're tracking the metrics uh, daily. Um, We audit throughout the plant. So it's just not at the end that we inspect and fix. We're auditing, we have several gates throughout the process. Okay. Um, We've also obviously survey customers. So we have something called a five rivet dealer standards program, but we're surveying the customer both on how they're interacting with the dealer, but then also how the product's interacting. And then we take that feedback Back to quality, and they get that uh, feedback. We also have a dealer quality council, where dealers who are you know they're, they're getting a repetitive nature of this of so pdiing the the units in the shop, and they can they know which uh, which systems might be having the most problems with. Mm-hmm. We get that feedback back, and we put that back into the plant as well. Um, you know, we're, I can tell you it's it, we do more than the industry average, but I can say that we're not. We're not satisfied with that. We're continuing to make investments. I'll give you an example. Um, the industry, the RV industry basically thinks inspection is, is largely the quality, how, how, you, how you improve quality. And inspection's important, but you gotta build quality in. And through lean manufacturing and through good processes, you basically have work instructions. And it says, here's what you do, measure this. It's gotta be this gap. It's gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. test it. So you build quality in the work instructions. Um, We have an entire standards team where they go out to every single installation and assembly process and we document the entire work instructions, what all the quality checks are, photos, everything else. Mm -hmm. It's all on iPads, digital. It's updated when the product changes so that the the assembler is getting that firsthand and they know we can set the proper expectations. Also, they're people. So if they're sick Mm -hmm. and that person's not showing up, Mm-hmm. Somebody else has to step in. They can refer back to those work instructions and try to mm-hmm. improve that.
0: Yes, yeah, so, that was that was something I was going to ask you about. I've looked at a couple of different factories out there. Haven't had the chance to see your Class B factory yet. I would love to. I think we're making plans for that. Um, yeah. But I think that is a big thing, right? Like, does someone different come into this every day, or is it the same person? You know, I think that's a big part of it. But yes, you have to have some kind of standards that go through and, and regardless of who's there, they're building to those same exact standards.
1: Without a doubt. And you know, there's uh, there's three legs to the stool for the customer at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We have the biggest leg, obviously we're manufacturing it, we need to build quality. We're also relying a lot on, on suppliers. So there's some key components that we really need to make sure that they're meeting their um, expectations. And we have dealers making sure they track this stuff and can repair it the first time. Um, and we're addressing it with all three stools. We have the whole dealer standards program, five rivet, where we're it's all based on customer feedback. We also have a supplier five rivet program where they have to meet certain quality standards, delivery standards. That one's still kind of growing. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a real opportunity for the RV industry, is the supply base. If you go to like automotive with the tier one suppliers and just incredible. Mm -hmm. quality and and, uh, measurements. We don't have that same thing in the industry. They're they're usually much smaller companies that are feeding the RV space, but that doesn't mean anything to the customer that has a broken product. Yeah, (laughs) that's just that's inside baseball. When you peel back the curtain, I'll show you Oz. So we're we're, we recognize it's a weakness. Um, We have our own challenges. And then then we have vendor challenges and we could have dealer challenges. There's there's a lot of of links um, in that chain that could break. And uh, yeah, so yeah we, yeah, we we and I, I would encourage him. My email is jhumphreys at airstream.com. Send me a note. I'll connect you with one of our owner relations specialists here, and we'll do our best to get everything back tomorrow.
0: Absolutely. I don't know if New York, New York is still out there or if we helped you out in any way. I would definitely, uh, regardless of who we talk to here, when you're talking to folks that are buying uh, either vans or any kind of RV. Um, like you said, I think you said it was like uh, three three legs on the stool. I think you need to think about uh, yes, the build quality initially. Um, that dealer that you bought from as well should be one of the first places that you go to to help you out when you have these issues. And then of course the company that you bought it from, you know, do they care uh, about your issues? Right? Sometimes it's the does the company care? Does the dealer care after they sold it to you? you know, and who's and who sold it to you as well. I think part of that, you know, when when I look at people who I've talked to that have dealt with your dealerships, um, I've heard very few complaints from that side of it. Right. And I think that's like a really, really important part of what's going on here, because that's where people are going to go back to. And then the network of that, because if you're on the road and an issue comes up, you might have bought it, let's say in Connecticut, but now you're in Florida. You've got to figure out how to get that fixed. Right.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot I could unpack and geek out, nerd nerd out, but I'll try to like Mm -hmm. pick a few things that you just talked about there. So um, dealers, we've gone to this exclusive standalone model and um, Mm -hmm. we only have 70 dealers in North America. 30 of them are now Airstream only. That's all they sell. So if every day you get up and sell and service Airstreams, you get pretty good at selling and servicing Airstreams. If you come in and you've got 10 different lines that you're selling, 10 different warranty phone calls you're trying to call as a dealer to get technical support, it, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades, master of none. We want them master of one. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, well, we have exclusive standalones. Our sales, hey, here's a good bit of it. Our sales are up. But then also our satisfa- customer satisfaction starts to go up as well. Um, so it's a good combination. We're and in, in, in the RV industry standard, your your um, your biggest volume dealers are typically not always, but you're typically um, not the best on customer satisfaction. So we're addressing it through our channel. We're really really focusing a lot of attention there. And all that stuff I was talking about on the quality side is important, and we're we're doing that every day. But um, but the, we also recognize that other leg to the soul is the dealer network. So we're really doing our best. Uh, mm-hmm. So this dealer standards program. Um, There's a couple things you mentioned, uh, and I hear this from customers all the time. Hey, you didn't buy it from me, so I'm not going to service it. Yeah. If uh, if that's your case, you don't even qualify for five rivet, period. Mm -hmm. You're not on the program. If we find that out, you're off. So we're addressing that head to head with the dealer. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you qualify for the standards and the customer score you high enough, we'll give you a 30% increase on the labor rate for warranty work on Mm non-customers. So it'll okay. financially benefit the dealer to take in a non-customer That's cool. to the dealership. So yeah. it's our way of addressing the elephant in the room because mm-hmm. it is it is a, it is a problem. And then lastly, service capacity, right? Um, how many times you call for a dealer and it's months out at times. So uh, Airstream recently has increased uh, another. Well, we've we've added another standard, and that is you have to meet service capacity requirements. So, a cool thing we found out through Stat Surveys, who measures all the new sales, is they actually measure how many Airstream registrations are being renewed in every basic trade area, BTA. Um, so, like here in, nearby in Columbus, we can see how many Airstreams were renewed their registration, not new Airstreams, but all Airstreams. So, here's our thinking if people are renewing the registrations on the Airstream, they're using their Airstreams. If they're using their Airstreams, then they, they're going to need service. So, we're using that as a guide to go to our dealers and say, based on this, here's how many service bays you need, here's how many technicians you need, and um, and you need to give us a business plan on how you're gonna meet those service capacity requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, those business plans were due just this past month, like we're in the middle of this. And I thought, man, I wonder how many dealers are gonna take this seriously, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I know their exclusives will, because they're they're very committed. But out of the seventy dealers, sixty-eight gave us a business plan on how they're going to meet those service capacity requirements. Oh, cool! And we're filtering filtering through that right now. So, boy, I tell you, we're we're trying we're we're trying to deal with each leg to that stool. We know it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think quality is the biggest differentiator. And the the last thing about Airstream, <laughs> granted, I'm, I'm wearing the uniform here. Right. Um, we have factory service so if you want to get it winterized you want to get it fixed. anything you want you can actually have the factory do it so Mm -hmm. we have airstreams i just had a a christmas lunch for for the crew all the technicians and service advisors but here's why it's important we see it too we fix them so -hmm. if something comes into the factory and there's there's something wrong we've got the benefit of calling down the production manager or that or the group leader in that area and saying hey i need to i need you to see this Mm -hmm. this isn't good what are we going to do about it so It puts us that more in touch with the customer where a lot of manufacturers don't do that service. So they're only listening to their dealers. It's a lot different when you're looking at the whites of the eyes of somebody that's got this problem and you can tell they're upset and then you can get people down. So,
0: yeah, a brand that's going to let you come to the factory now. uh, So let's say I own an Airstream and I'm in in the Ohio area.
1: Can I actually come and camp out somewhere and, and have that service? Yeah. So along with the service, we have a campground. Okay. Um, if you're getting service, campground it's free. Come on in, mm-hmm. and that's nice too. Um, if it's a, if you've got several items on your list, it's going to take a few days. We mm-hmm. will actually uh, bring we'll, we'll bring the unit in around seven o'clock in the morning, work to it about four o'clock, and then you can actually camp it in again and then bring it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very customer centric. Some people just leave it and just mm-hmm. go on and travel other places. So we're yeah. we work with our customers on whatever more convenient for them. But we do have a campground here.
0: Yeah, that's always good. If you're looking to, to buy anything, any kind of RV, that's something I would suggest um, to look for. And another thing, before we move on here, because there there are some other questions, um, always look for the users groups. <laughs> so you can find that on Facebook and other places. I think those I find those very helpful. And I'm sure you guys at Airstream um, do you know help out the uh, users groups, right?
1: We have, we're very involved. We actually have people monitor every single one that we're allowed to. Some are private um, and we'll let us in. Others are like, nope, we're private and it's, we don't want anybody from the company there. But we'll at least work with their moderators and say, hey, give us a heads up if, you, if you're seeing some trend. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, work with the owner's club, which actually they have brick and mortar here in town. The, the club has a building here in Jackson Center. We go to the rallies, do uh, feedback sessions for product. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually on the board of, uh, of the club. So yeah. very very involved. you know I often wonder like sometimes since I've been here at Airstream and this could be a controversial way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so controversial, but I, I, I just know how these things work and I probably get some heat for saying it, but I' I'm, I'm, but I'm gonna say it. So our warranty costs will remain pretty steady. And then people will come in and say "Man, you have massive massive problems or or like or your quality they'll come in with a really extreme thing but mm-hmm. the warranty costs don't suggest it we're not out here denying warranty to keep our warranty mm-hmm. warranty costs mm-hmm. in line but i tell you these things have changed the dynamic of everything mm-hmm. where um right away they can post every little issue on the on the forums you know they can they have a huge megaphone on that um, I think at the end of the day, I'm not complaining about it. I think mm-hmm. it keeps us more honest to know that, hey, listen, you know, we need to build a, a bulletproof coach. But I think at times, too, where 20 years ago, it was the same warranty cost and mm-hmm. same issues, but but all of a sudden now people have more visibility mm-hmm. of it. Like, I wonder, sometimes I'm like, man, sometimes the world seems like a nasty place, or is it because everybody's got these phones and we're just capturing more of what we've always had? Or is there some some other issue? So I think there's this, sometimes there can be a false sense of like scale mm-hmm. but but it's it's actually just more transparency which i'm not yeah. compl- again not complaining yeah. about it but i think to some people who've been around it go wow is there something going on with that manufacturer or or is it just uh, i it's think it's different. a
0: little i think it's a little bit of everything i think for sure the fact that we have the internet now um You know, people are definitely what we can put under the category of overusing it. So I've seen some folks out there that have an issue and maybe they don't get an immediate result and then they automatically go to complaining. Uh, I'm a YouTuber and I've seen YouTubers do that. Myself personally, I try to avoid that kind of thing. I think it's better to give a company a chance to work that situation out with you. The reality of things of anything right whether it's mechanical electronic is that there's going to be issues especially if you use it if you don't use it you're probably going to see very few issues but if you if you use it a lot you put a lot of miles on there you're going to see issues to me that's not a problem it's how the places deal with it it's how the dealership i bought it from deals with it and it's how the company that made that product deals with it and you know sometimes uh you know, there may be an, an issue interfacing with them properly. But I, I think we need to look at all these different things. But there's no way that there's not no one that's going to build something and it has no issues.
1: Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. It's, it's on the is this a reasonable problem or not? And when it gets mm-hmm. to be unreasonable, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's just mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic. And then when you have my generation can't tinker with it. When I yeah. first got in the business, and it was the greatest generation. They took their toolbox and their RV. <laughs> They're probably fixing stuff on the road, oh. and, and I, including myself, I don't have mm-hmm. a tolerance for that. Because I'm but things were it.
0: simpler though, Justin. You got to remember well, that. Well, that's like, true too. Yeah, that's things true too. things were simpler. Now it's more complicated. There's a lot of electronics. I like the electronics in there, but that adds an uh, extra layer of complication. Um, and yeah. there's so many computers. And if you think about it, especially in the in the like a Class B van, right? You're definitely dealing with the van itself, whoever made it, whether it's Ford, um, Ram, let's say, or uh, Sprinter, Mercedes, you're definitely dealing with that, and then the interface of that with the RV side of it, of what they built, and then they did some interfacing as well. Typically, all these companies make you guys go through a program, but there's always going to be some things going on there. So, all of that, like, so where I run into stuff, I have a Ford, and I think Ford is, I'm going to say that they're the best, because they have the most dealerships, all that kind of stuff is affordable to go to the dealerships, etc. But I still run into issues at Ford dealerships because it's an RV, even though the company that built it was certified to build RVs by Ford. You know, the mechanics at that, at the dealership, and I, you don't go to, the, to a Ford dealership to deal with, you know, my sink is not working, but they always get mad. I'm, I'm going there to deal with something that only Ford could do, but they always get mad. So yeah, all of I that adds to the issues. Yeah.
1: And it's tough when you don't control that entire service experience from an yeah. RV manufacturer too, yeah. a, and, and other key suppliers can also create havoc. But yeah, I, I think it's just an interesting dynamic and um, ultimately customer expectations have risen and yeah. we need to adapt, period. Yeah um and you know and I'm folks much-
0: folks like me should help you guys out too i think i think so, so for example if i let's say i bought an airstream and i had an issue as a youtuber i can get a lot of views by going look at how terrible this is um, yeah. But what we should do, though, is if we have those connections, what I should do is reach out to you, see how you deal with it. Or in the case of New York, New York, if he has those issues, you know, I hope that he that he's still watching and he emails you. I should be like a bridge to you guys to help that person get their issues fixed. Because I think that there's valid issues going on out there for folks. Absolutely. And, Without you know, a but we need to somehow help work together and, and help sort it out, all out because the Internet's not going away.
1: And, you know, it, this isn't like a hard truth, but I have seen some of our most loyal customers had the biggest problems and we stood mm-hmm. behind the product and took care of them and it gave them all the confidence that, hey, if anything else yeah. happens, So you can make, you know, you, you can turn it into a positive mm-hmm. for sure, um, but but you can also just complicate it worse if the dealer doesn't okay. fix it or if we yeah. if we send them apart and breaks again. So it's uh,
0: absolutely. Um, Excuse travel you. dreamer. And then and we've got like 40 seconds here left before we go to the next thing. Travel dreamer says, I like how you put the aluminum accents in the van. So that's from travel dreamer. I'll give you 30 seconds to respond to that. Well, yeah, we
1: have to, that's what we're known for that iconic mm-hmm. aluminum. We have to have some rivets, portholes in the, uh, in the, in the <laughs> bathroom door, little things to make it, um, scream, uh, airstream. Very I will strange. say this, I think you and I looked at it in the unit, but with that aluminum ceiling, you don't mm-hmm. have the fabric coming down, it doesn't mm-hmm. absorb odors, so there's also yeah. practical part, part of it
0: as yeah. well. Yeah, you can stick stuff up there and all that. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I love it. So listen, we're gonna take a break. Actually, go small, live large. Had a question, I'm gonna cover it. Lola and I are now official brand ambassadors for Coachman Class B. So I wanted to take a moment to tell you guys why we, as Vanasaur, like it says on our t-shirt, are very excited about our partnership with Coachman Class B.
2: First off, Coachman RVs has been a leader to the great outdoors since 1964.
0: So next is the fact that Coachman really cares about you as an owner, whether you bought new or used, after you buy your van, they really take care of you.
2: With Coachman Class B, you have all the options. Coachman builds on all three van platforms. On the Mercedes Sprinter it's the Coachman Galleria, the Ford Transit, is the Coachman Beyond, and Ram Pro Master is the Coachman Nova.
0: Lastly, best value for money. We've had our van for two years, and Coachman builds to the highest standards of quality and craftsmanship. You can't go wrong with a Coachman Class B, so if you're interested, check out the link in our
1: description and find the Coachman van that's best for you.
0: All right, so we're back here. So before I get to Scott's question, a couple of things. Uh, smash those thumbs-ups up out there. I really appreciate that from uh, everyone. And then also, I just want to say again, you know, if you have an, an RV, especially if it's in the Class B section here of what I cover, if you've you know let's say it's an airstream or anything else and you have some issues you're having problems you can always reach out to me and if i know someone at that company i will reach out to them on your behalf and you know see if i can get the right contact info for you guys because i know how frustrating it is um, especially when it comes to class b vans they're very expensive so i I really do have a lot of appreciation for that we're looking at things that minimum are around a hundred thousand dollars and then go up from there to over three hundred thousand dollars so uh, i get it and i know how frustrating that can be um i don't know if you wanted to answer that really quickly justin uh, before i go on to uh scott's question
1: um no
0: okay awesome so uh, here's uh, Scott's question he says Justin how is the range line doing one year after release at Hershey Show uh, we recorded a tour video together I do I do remember that video um, yeah the, and I think you and I also did a video on the range line here and I see now that it's it's in um, the new ram right the new ram chassis is out so it's even better looking on the outside and has even more okay. stuff how's the range line doing?
1: You know, I would, I would say we are, um, uh, got off to a great start. And then as we hit late summer this year, I think just like a lot of the other B-band manufacturers, things started to slow down as interest rates continued to climb. So I would say, um, great start, um, some economic pressures right now with just the RV uh, space. But, um, what it did allow us to do is even though the market's down a little bit because we had range line, our B-band businesses is, is, um, actually doing a little better than was last year when you add up the entire um, yeah. portfolio of products. You know, I think um, there's a lot. Um, it's it's an interesting segment, especially on the ProMaster because there's so many people building on them. And so here's a little thing that's going on in the industry now is a lot of the, or every OEM has to order their chassis out a year in advance. Um, and you're you know, you're forecasting what your sales are going to be. And what we're experiencing is just not ProMaster. I think it's impacting ProMaster maybe a little bit more than the others, but mm-hmm. including Sprinter is now all of a sudden sales are down, but you were ordering chassis a year ago at a different rate. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's put some um, pressure on some manufacturers that don't have good discipline. So we, mm-hmm. we run into some, um, in that space versus mm-hmm. like Sprinters, we run into some very aggressive manufacturers who start really discounting and putting a lot of pressure on that segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where we take a little bit more disciplined approach on that. We don't want to devalue the brand of what people have bought, yeah. um, but we recognize the economic um, environments changed, which I think is also slowed it down um, slightly as we had it here to the fall. But we've had some great feedback from our range line owners. Um, it's really introduced us to more female, which is awesome. More female solo travelers. Um, We've also uh, dealt with more families now that we got the pop top, so we're getting a little younger uh, for mm-hmm. for a portion of our customers, which is really cool. Because mm-hmm. if you make them happy, maybe they you know they've got more airstreams in their future too as they yeah. continue to grow. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's put us in front of um, people that couldn't have afford maybe the the interstate, so it makes it more accessible. So I would mm-hmm. say overall we're really excited about it. Um, the uh, the thing that's tempering it right now is just the economic conditions right now that are kind of slowing that up a little bit.
0: Yeah, just as a side note to what you said, I have seen other uh, folks, other companies in the industry, I won't I won't mention names here, because it's probably embarrassing. But I have seen what they do is if they overbought those vans then now they're selling the vans off to other manufacturers and stuff like that. It's tough, right to figure out exactly what the sales are going to be. And I think during the, the COVID era, I think Class B vans were always going up, but COVID just kicked it off and everyone jumped into a Class B van during that time, including me. I had an office that I was doing all of this stuff, all my YouTube activities out of, and I switched to a van. <laughs> you know, I got tired of an office and uh, and I got tired of, like, traveling was really tough. If you could even get on a plane, it was really tough. So just sales just went ridiculous at that point and they're down. Class Bs are not down as much. But still overall the economy is going down and and people are feeling pain right
1: yeah and you know it um that's just it It, it's actually it's i think it's going to be pretty sticky on this segment for the people that got in because Mm -hmm. they are so flexible they are that swiss army knife there's so many uses for it Mm -hmm. um that people really do enjoy it but Mm -hmm. you know it's when interest rates go up like that those people who finance might not want to finance it and wait till they come down so it's going to happen that's why they raise interest rates is to slow things down (laughs) you yeah. <laughs> of discretionary product, um, it'll slow it yeah. down. So we're we, airstream has been in business 91 years. We've mm-hmm. we've been through this song and dance plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have some some manufacturers out there that'll get super aggressive, and because um, they share mm-hmm. the same chassis or van, it's mm-hmm. um, you know, it can impact sales for others.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, New York, New York was still out there. He says thanks, Hank and Justin. So um, hopefully, you'll be hearing from him. We'll get that uh, sorted out. Uh, the other things, while we're on the Ridgeline, um, I think the Ridgeline's fantastic. One of the biggest reasons for me with Airstream is that I I believe it's on the lower price end of getting into an Airstream. Uh, maybe maybe one of the smaller trailers. That's definitely those would be a little cheaper. But in terms of motorized, um, yes. the Ridgeline's easiest way for you to get into an Airstream affordably. And it offers so much, I think. So... Um, yeah, we took,
1: um, we took a very, and when Scott and I did the video in Hershey, mm-hmm. um, when we first launched it, you know, there's so many lithium options out there these days. And, you know, there's there were so many paths we could take with the range line where we said, okay, mm-hmm. what we want to do is make it a single fuel source. I think that's a critical thing. So all you don't have to worry about LP on the range mm-hmm. line at all. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it does have a generator. We don't have a full generator replacement on um, like a big lithium pack um which Scott I remember he he's a big believer in that yeah which...
0: I think that was a follow-up question because he was saying what's the future of lithium but go ahead mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm.
1: certainly um we wanted something that was very uh, affordable um it did have a bigger lithium with the game changer the 270 amp hour but that's not enough mm-hmm. to handle your air conditioner however with Firefly we were able to remove a lot of the switching simplify that system and it has an auto gen start so if the lithium is down It'll mm-hmm. go off of your uh, battery um, um, levels, but okay. it'll also go off temperature. So if you have a dog in the unit and you've walked away and it's a hot day and it starts mm-hmm. to go up, it'll start the it has to run the air conditioner. So it'll start the generator, run the air conditioner.
2: That mm-hmm. was
1: a feature years ago that we only found in class A's. Mm-hmm. So now in this little B van, you can really manage uh, things very well. So, um, yeah, we took a really kind of intentional approach to say hey, we want all like at the end of the day, we want this thing to act in. Like mm-hmm. a like a like a luxury RV and mm-hmm. a really competitively priced product that's flexible and usable, and I I think it's a comp- it's super compelling. Now um, I see lithium in its future. We just mm-hmm. have to determine when that's going to be and how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer a big lithium pack uh, from Volta um, in our Sprinter vans. Mm-hmm. It's pretty expensive. It's it's an it's an expensive. Uh, package so we're maybe there's something in between where we are today and where that is mm-hmm. that we can find yeah that uh, that common ground.
0: I think lithium's here to stay I mean I see well okay so so going into the future if you look at the source of the batteries right because like if we're talking about lithium, are we talking about just lithium itself or what kind of batteries we get hopefully in the future here we get better uh, I know what people are concerned about like more renewable, batteries and things like that like where does that lithium cobalt and all those other rare earth metals come from that go into the batteries we may just get batteries we can grow or something like that you know uh, but batteries are of, here to stay mm-hmm.
1: yeah they are and i i love the fact that it's there's no noise you know you have a generator they've gotten mm-hmm. a lot quieter in fact the range line has the new updated onan that's it's as quiet mm-hmm. as that generator has ever been but it's not as quiet as a battery so i love that <laughs> i love being able to charge it from mm-hmm. your alternator mm-hmm. what what we found is a lot of other manufacturers they would give you this lithium replacement mm-hmm. for your generator but you still have lp for your cooking and your heat mm-hmm. and it was like well you kind of like half pregnant here like one of the benefits <laughs> is to go single fuel source so that's mm-hmm. why we called the, the system for for uh, interstate e1 it's mm-hmm. electric and it's it's one fuel source um you know, there are some benefits of having a generator. It's kind of like with cars. You've got more service points out there, right? If you do have mm-hmm. something go wrong, you're going to find a generator shop a lot faster. You're probably going to find a battery shop. Um, so I think as we could and it's been pretty, you know, as we've as we as we have learned from the um, E1 package with Interstate, they are performing pretty well. So mm-hmm. I think that's not going to be much of an issue. Yeah. Um, but knowing that you have that generator, just that old tried and true. Yeah. Um, device to generate power it's, it's yeah it's, I, have a, a,
0: I have a generator in my van i actually bought my van without battery with uh just regular batteries in there um and then i upgraded it to uh to lithium batteries so i've got the, the generator and the lithium batteries and i think sometimes it's good because i don't have to turn on my engine to charge those up i could just turn on the generator either way i'm i'm gonna uh, burn fuel but i think uh maybe the the um, Maybe the generator running is probably a little bit more efficient than running the engine, right? So I think that's good. But, you know, I think when we look at this overall, in my opinion, there's a whole bunch of things that are going to change here. So in time, as things change, let's say we're going to electric car- cars and then vans, which no one wants to hear. A lot of people don't want to hear that. But we're heading in that direction, regardless of what the news tells you. Um, there's laws and things like that that have been set up it's not me I would I think vans need to be hybrid of some sort, personally however electricity is getting better Um, especially if you look at companies like Tesla is getting better so the other companies out there are gonna have to start copying Tesla at some point the reason why I say that when vans go electric so I think Ram is gonna have an electric van Um, Ford already does and Sprinter has one that's not out yet so here in america it's out in europe so when we switch over to electric vans you have a massive battery on there you know you're looking at probably over 100 uh, kilowatt hours big batteries maybe 150 kilowatt hours 200 even so if, if things really get crazy so that's a big battery right there i think the challenge would just be the companies like airstream figuring out instead of putting added extra lithium batteries in there how do you tap into that so someone before they get to the campground or wherever they're going they uh pull in charge up that battery and then they spend a couple of days there they can run off the battery what do you think about that and and definitely we're in the section here with the time we have left of talking about the future
1: yeah, I the challenge that I have with it mm-hmm. is the auto manufacturers don't have a real good history of sharing with us, and probably mm-hmm. for good reason. I mean, on some of the upfits, that that's where things go wrong is when things aren't approved. Right. So utilizing those batteries mm-hmm. um, for camping and pulling it off the uh, the, the vehicle portion of it, I see that being a, a challenge just on the mm-hmm. E-stream. So we developed a, a trailer that could propel itself 60 miles an hour behind a, yeah, a go I vehicle to extend the range, right?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, wait,
1: maybe we can charge the car. Oh, we only go one <laughs> way. It's, like, they they start to push back pretty quick and we realize mm-hmm. we're not in Kansas anymore and this is a whole new yeah. set of compliance. So right. uh, the future's there. What we're just gonna have to do is add lithium on top of lithium. Yeah. And then you don't have that alternator Which Mm -hmm. I agree with you. The hybrid Mm -hmm. seems like a pretty good option because then you have some some way of charging these batteries when you're off the grid and you're running out.
2: Mm -hmm. That's
1: the piece that I have to get my head wrapped around is, okay. um, totally agree with the campground side of it. But if Mm -hmm. you really want to get off the grid and not use that, I think this is going to this is going to put a bigger leash on you, at -hmm. least initially than what you have today, where you can turn on that alternator and charge this lithium pack. Mm -hmm. And then and then you've got another night of. Power mm-hmm. where you can you run the air conditioner. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. a piece we did. Um, it was sitting out in front of our plant, but we've we, you, sometimes you'll drive by and you'll see some weird looking van. We, we've mm-hmm. had prototypes down here at Airstream all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been in talks with a lot of these manufacturers, some of which I can talk about, others I can't. Yeah. But I range, extender.
0: To, range extender, range yeah, extender. Yeah. That's the issue, right?
1: <laughs> On every single one, it's not. Oh, wow, that's more than enough range for us. Right? Yeah. I've never had that um, at that, that point yet.
0: Maybe. Yeah. So you know what's going to happen? I think is if you look at right now Ford in their van. I own a E Transit, a Ford E Transit, um, and that has a. Me. Huh.
1: I remember you telling me that. Yeah, and uh, so yeah.
0: that in the back of it has what they call a the power pack. So if you're, I don't know, um, if you're working on a construction site or something using that van, you could plug into that and that runs right off the battery. So even the, um, the, the Cybertruck that recently came out from Tesla has um, something like that in the, in the bed that you could plug stuff in same thing um with uh the pickup from ford the, the f-150 lightning so i think those the companies if they don't want you to mess with the electrical system they just need you to have something like that that you can tap into and then you can run off of that and they can set a limit so you could say hey only use 20 percent or 50 percent of my actual onboard battery and that's going to work easier i think at the end of the day i like a hybrid The issue with a hybrid is like in the olden days when you had um, a TV and a VCR together. That's just more things to go wrong. So, you know, the more stuff we add to this, the more things will go wrong, the more people will complain about things. We really do need to figure it out. And I think the RV industry and the manufacturing, um, so what I'm talking about is the automotive manufacturing industry, you guys need to get together and, and sort it out somehow.
1: I think really that last mile and delivery services are going to get the biggest attention first because that's mm-hmm. where the bulk of the commercial business is from. Mm-hmm. And then the RVs is just kind of the chips will fall as, yeah. as they always do based on mm-hmm. what they provide. The problem with that is they're typically local trips. They have access mm-hmm. to charging throughout yeah. the town. And, you know, 150 mile range for a commercial vehicles, not as bad, but for an RV, it's it's not it's not acceptable. So yeah. I'm real curious on range extenders and how that mm-hmm. interaction goes. And I will say there are some are um, there's some disruptors in that space that are more open to talk to RVs and and mm-hmm. creative solutions than your kind of standard um, legacy brands that have been out there a while and kind of setting their ways. So mm-hmm. I have some, um, I'm, I'm optimistic on it for sure. I think that there's an opportunity there. I'm just, I'm trying to understand how do we get give you the most range and the most time off the grid without mm-hmm. having to plug in. And that's going to be... That's going to be the challenge yeah. and and the creativity of manufacturers to figure out
0: yeah i think solar panels are a big thing too while you know while we're on the subject at i was at sema show um this year and there was a company that i saw there and i've got shorts of there's a short up of this on my channel so there's this company that makes a solar panel system that when it's it's flat right and so it gets what you would get you know out of a solar panel but then um they had three different leaves that open up and then it becomes a three-dimensional panel and um you know from what they showed me in the same footprint as let's say what i have on my van now you can go you can probably get uh what was it like eight nine hundred watts out of that and that's a big deal
1: that's right huge.
0: Yeah, because if you guys can get, let's say, from somewhere between 900, 1,000, 1,100 watts on a solar panel on something, then you can really, truly replace electricity. You know, the 200 watts we have right now, maybe 300 or 400 in some cases, is just not enough. So I think that's a big part of the picture as well, because then if you're off the grid, that could truly give you um either miles or or something if you're running off of one battery it can give you definitely give you miles not not a lot but it can give you miles so
1: no i agree and i think what we have a a crutch right now call it an alternator Mm -hmm. so if we didn't have that alternator there we'd probably see more more watts on the the roof right so i think as we get closer to that that's where the innovation is going to come from manufacturers to say all right yeah how do we do this even on an electric vehicle, like a 900 watts, it would take a long time to charge that, that battery. But I think what we're after is just charging the house battery, making sure that yeah. you have enough to operate. And,
0: yeah, that's uh, true. And battery, t- battery technology is going to get better, too. All of that stuff, I think, is coming along. Here's something I wanted to show you real quick. I'm going to go full screen just so that uh, folks can see this here. The thumbnail. Did you see the thumbnail for this? Probably not. So do. here I am going to switch to the thumbnail right now. <laughs> that is, that is what I did as the thumbnail. So we're talking <laughs> about the Ridgeline. We're talking about the future. I actually went to AI and I said, "Create a, a futuristic Ridgeline. Believe it or not, Ram Pro Master Airstream type thing." And this is what came up. So how cool is that? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, yeah we've we've got a lot of cool stuff to look forward to here. Uh, as time I've, and technology I've,
1: and i gotta tell you i'm super excited to see the technology that's coming and some of the the confidential conversations we've had with uh, mm-hmm. oem providers on the automotive side it's mm-hmm. going to be a really interesting five years and um, mm-hmm. still get my head around some of the interactions between house and chassis mm-hmm. but uh, that, that'll be figured out um but i think well, at the end we'll have a better product a better experience.
0: yeah I think so. I really think there's good things here. The Cybertruck is actually out. Uh, People's opinions, I'm sure, are going to get crazy if I mention Cybertruck, but it's out. Uh, Tesla's making them. um, They've probably made somewhere close to, well, over 500 at this point, I would assume. But those things are going to get into regular production. And they're going to use that as, that also is going to be used for their van platform. I don't know if you're aware of that. So, they're going to build a van on that. Yeah. Pretty cool that's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see other companies coming along here and doing it. And I think in time, just with all the issues of like what should we be pushing for as a country or even the whole world, right? Should we should everything be electric? Should there be some combination of electric and something else? We'll figure all that out and make it practical and affordable because that's really what needs to happen here. So
1: absolutely
0: yeah it'll be exciting um you know after this i'll send you that that solar panel thing that i was talking about but we're coming towards the end now and what i want to do while we wind this down because i'm sure justin has um a bunch of other stuff to do um i do want to get some quick things in here travel dreamer had a question he said do you know of any customers that have been able to modify your coaches like wider door entrance to accommodate wheelchairs etc or do you guys have and for me, I would add to that: Do you guys have wheelchair accessible uh, versions? We, we
1: don't. We don't have wheelchair accessible, but I, I am mm-hmm. familiar with upfitters who are able to do that aftermarket. And that, you know, with a sliding door, that's that's not the issue. You, in a van, you can get in. It's really mm-hmm. the underbody and flooring. But there are some some firms that can do that aftermarket.
0: Oh, okay, if someone's buying from Airstream, can uh, can they have that company work with Airstream before they this gets built, or is it it's, after? Yeah, it's aftermarket okay it has to be aftermarket okay cool um and uh scott did thank us there you go um he said he also said great job uh great job adding volta lithium systems to many of your b vans so there you go um i think uh i think that's it for the questions uh is there anything that you wanted to add here before we wrap this up man i you know time went really fast like i said you and i can talk to each other hopefully you'll come back and this wasn't too terrible
1: <laughs> no absolutely I, I enjoy it hank always always enjoy talking with you and mm-hmm. um you know your experience in the v-vans is really helpful for me to kind of get kind of a different insight different lens um mm-hmm. but no i i just appreciate the audience stopping by and if you're to show check out an airstream if you're up at the factory we do factory tours every day you got to sign up online airstream.com mm-hmm. but we have got a museum you can see how they're built we'll do two factory tours a day one at the travel trailer facility and the other motorhomes so you can see both Um, So make sure you stop by and
0: uh, and what area is that that people have to be in?
1: Um, I jokingly say Jackson Center of the universe. The town's called Jackson Center (laughs) and it's uh, Western Ohio, about an Mm -hmm. hour north of Dayton, right off of not too far off of 75. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah, if you're ever in the area uh, and we need to get you here, Hank.
2: Absolutely.
0: uh, Yes. Yeah, uh, we are going to make plans, so in 2024, you guys will see us. We'll, we'll probably uh, pin that down and come out there and take a look at it. As well as I think I'm going to see you, the next time I'm going to see you in person, it's going to be at Tampa, the Super Show, right? The RV Super yeah. Show?
1: Geez, few few weeks. It's coming away. up, man.
0: Yeah, it's a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys have some cool stuff. There'll, there'll be some uh, awesome things out there. I, I do really want to thank you for coming on. I hope you have a happy holidays uh with the family um and happy holidays merry christmas to everyone out there i think uh we're doing another podcast next week thursday and sometime before the year ends i'm probably going to do my uh year end wrap-up that i usually do i think i'm just going to do that live because i don't have enough time to edit all the videos (laughs) there's so many videos i'm so far behind right now so i'm just going to do like what i thought was the most awesome thing in this year i'm going to do that live so um just yes justin thanks so much for coming on um look forward to seeing you again soon uh, bye to everyone out there stay right there justin We're, i'm gonna end this right now thanks everyone
2: uh we'll see you on the next one we bye peace